0: OtherworldlyCulture.com. We're here. Alive. It's alive.
1: It's alive.
0: OtherworldlyCulture.com presents Dead on Movie
2: <laughs>
1: <Woo-hoo-hoo>! <laughs>
2: Salutations and mutilations You're listening to Otherworldly Culture Presents Dead On Movie Reviews Tonight we will present Horror Movie Reviews <laughs> and lively debate here on otherworldlyculture.com and on future select Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern. You can join our live chat at that time by clicking on the live shows link on the otherworldlyculture.com website. I'm your host, Tim Gretschman. Coming to you from the land of lakes and landfills, beautiful and smelly Muskego, Wisconsin, it's my honor to introduce the Faculty of Fear panel presenting tonight's lectures. Uh, we, why are you laughing already? I don't know. I think we all don't know. Uh, we're going to start hailing from the Motor City, Detroit. Michael Cieslec is a lifetime reader and writer of horror mystery and speculative fiction. He has served as an officer in the Great Lakes Association of Horror Writers and is the editor of the Eerie Tales Anthology. Michael is the editor-in-chief of Dragon's Roost Press, and his works have appeared in a number of collections, including... DOE, extreme horror, dead science, vicious verses, and reanimated rhymes, and the collaborative steampunk novel, Army of Brass. He is a kilt enthusiast, and he's killing it over at the DragonsRoost.net. Hello, Michael. Hello, it's been so long since I've seen you guys or talked to you. It's crazy. (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, this is our second time tonight. There was a technical difficulty, and that was due to our next... Panelist what? Jeff Miller is a sports broadcaster, <laughs> okay, and all right, a news reporter in the Milwaukee area. Jeff has interviewed celebrities, <laughs> on the red carpets, at the Grammys, and athletes in the dugout. His enthusiastic style is given dead on the bases, other worldly culture's latest podcast, a sporting chance. He's tagging go. every base on his way to tonight's <laughs> knockout of a touchdown. He's the ump, Jeff Miller.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm here, and, I, and I, I got, and I got three words. For you, yeah, yeah. I don't know. If you know, you know. Okay.
2: And Wait. now Benjamin has to
1: drink again. There <laughs> you go. I I can but, read. By, <laughs>
2: Not by much the though. way, there is a lot going on in their <laughs> chat right now. It is gone completely berserk. Uh, Want <laughs> to thank everybody that is getting insane in there. Uh, in the membrane. And it it looks like Hannah just joined us. Susie joined us. We wow. have Ben joining us. And joining us from Pittsburgh, did you like how I did that? I did like Little that. Little Mikey Exler is yes. back again. He is the denizen of the dismal, the purveyor of the putrid. That, exci-
1: the, that exciting exclaimer <laughs> you, of you glory. The second time around, you'd get it right. <laughs>
0: Uh fucking booted boy. it right when it counted. Here
1: man. we go, that exciting
2: exclaimer of glorious gloom rustling up from his stony tomb. He's the monster of the mad ghoul the glad in that sag mumbling moaning pus that barfs out baloney. He is a zombie apologist. He is Coach
0: Michael Exler. <clears throat> Thank you, Tim, for the second time, but <laughs> can you do me one favor? Yeah, yeah. Can you just say this for me? Sure. I just want to take some pictures, then you can leave. <laughs> no, I
2: don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Oof.
1: Oof.
2: Boy, oh boy. He wait. just wants to hear that Milwaukee accent that wait. I got over there. Little...
1: <laughs> wait, wait to put a chill in the air over here.
2: Oh my gosh. <laughs> Oof. Uh, remember that day? Anyway.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <keep
0: your help. laughs>
2: so, hey, just so everybody knows. What we're doing tonight is an experiment where we are going out on my Facebook wall, which I think is where Ben found us. Um, we, we, ha- we are out on our YouTube, and we're out at Twitch simultaneously. Uh, we got a whole bunch of people watching on Twitch tonight. So really thankful of that, guys, and appreciate it greatly. Uh, We have a great show lined up today, three mainstream films, and then whatever C-Slick picked.
1: Um, (laughs) I'm being absolutely... You were were struggling this week, weren't you? you.
2: Let me tell you something. (laughs) Uh, Exler says, oh, um, what is it? It's uh, Hellraiser. And I'm like, okay. So I look up Hellraiser. Of course, there's like 50 versions of Hellraiser. So I'm sitting there trying to weed through and pick only the ones from the latest movie. Okay, that was a little challenging, not too bad. Then we got Happy Death Day from, from Stumpy over here. And there are two versions of Happy Death Day and they look very similar and trying to figure out which one was the sequel and which one wasn't was very difficult for, for the pictures.
1: Can you call yourself
2: stupid, a film? The stupid movie I picked, this Exorcist movie, is so new, there's like 10 photos. There's 10 photos out on the internet, and that's it for the slideshow. So what does c do? He says, hold my beer. I was about to say <laughs> that I found any, thank God he gave me a second link that had anything, because I just had IMDb. That was it. And anybody that knows, that's like the tip of the Iceberg usually. Not, in this case, that was pretty well. It was almost everything. So, all right. Why is the quiz kit on? Is the quiz kit on, guys? Jeez, oh. it's not supposed to be on.
0: Are we it's on.
2: It better not be on. Anyway, what that you do? guys calm down. There, there's a killed quiz? What? No, there's not a... Tilt quiz. What I, it do? I'm being distracted by the chat room. I am not looking at the chat room anymore. We are going to get this show rolling. What's the quiz
1: kit thing? What is that?
2: It's something we haven't used yet oh. because I haven't figured it out yet.
1: Oh, we can set up a quiz. There's a
2: long list of those, by the way. Yeah. So it, we're always trying stuff to get people to, to watch the show. And you can see how super successful we are. We got six people tonight. I am so excited uh, and I hope
3: you're taking notes because all of this will be on the final exam.
2: Oh okay, well let's let's go to our first lecturer. Ooh. We're gonna go to Mike Seeslick with a movie nobody's ever heard of. Uh, <laughs> Mike, what have
3: you been watching? I have been watching Whistle and I'll Come to You and it's uh, not a movie that most people have heard of Oh, uh, uh, no because uh, it doesn't exist the BBC version <laughs> um, it is based on a short story that a lot of people will know called Oh Whistle and I'll Come to You My Lad by um, Montahue Road James uh, M.R. James um, okay. Brief History this is one of the great traditions that I have been trying to to help bring back um, in this area, um, and that is telling ghost stories at Christmas time. Like the most famous Christmas ghost story, of course, is that one by uh, um, the what's his name, uh, Charles Chickens. Chuck Dickens. <laughs> yeah, Chuck. And um, Chucky e. D.
0: Come <laughs> for your daughter, Chuck.
3: But this uh, was indeed originally one of those um, Christmas horror stories and uh, has gotten a number of different recordings on various uh, BBC things. Um, this is an Italian adaptation of this, that's a bit of the short story, which is making the rounds in a lot of different, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, horror conventions and uh, film short film conventions i got a chance to watch it through a link uh with the hp lovecraft film festival which happened over the weekend okay um it isn't black and white your screen does not look you're not like losing anything weird um it's beautiful it is really really well shot how how can it be
2: it's not in color
3: Camp the people. cinematography is stark. <laughs> um, the castles and the houses and things, this um, this takes place around the turn of the last century. So it's that black and white actually helps it in that vein.
2: Um, okay.
3: Um it is in Italian with English subtitles. I know that's going to turn a lot of more people off. People who are already, like, I know oh, that's going to turn a lot like of like more people, like people off. People who are already, yours. Yours. I oh, know that's going to turn no, a lot no. of I like more people off. Probably cut 15 minutes. Hold Still seem a little long, Mike. We
2: had something went completely insane on on the stream. You're going to have to go back about a paragraph.
3: Oh, Sorry. okay. Um, I was a... saying that it is in black and white, which will turn some people off. It is also in Italian with English subtitles, okay. which will probably turn more people off. Yeah. Good news is it's uh, only sixty-seven minutes long. That is a plus. <laughs> That's counting the closing it credits. Is. The downside is you could probably trim about 15 minutes off of that and it would still <laughs> seem long in parts. Oh, yeah. This is a, a punchy short story. It's not necessarily something that you could adapt perfectly for the screen, I think. I think the director uh, did a really good job trying to do that, but there are long... I mean, you've heard of a slow burn. This is more of a, a smoldering embers underneath the log that hasn't quite caught. Well, we're
2: we're looking at every single photo on the internet of this film, and I came away thinking, this thing looks brooding. Is that
3: an appropriate word? That is an appropriate word. You'll also, as you're seeing through here, you're getting a lot of, like, people sitting and talking to each other. That happens quite a bit. Um, We established that the main character, uh, George Perkins, who is a professor um, at Cambridge, and he is very pragmatic. He is like the king of the pragmatists. He does not believe in anything supernatural, which has some, there's some weird scenes where people are like making fun of him for not believing in the supernatural, which is kind of turning the modern on its head where, you know, oh, you believe in ghosts? You must be an idiot all these people are like, wait, 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 you don't believe in leprechauns then? Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> what about magic spells? You honestly don't believe in magic spells? Are you crazy? Uh, really? Okay. So, and naturally something supernatural happens to him and he has to deal with the supernatural thing that happens. He goes to a, uh, a seaside kind of resort thing on his essentially like spring break from Cambridge because um, he wants to play golf. We get to see him playing some golf. We get to see people talking about playing golf and croquet and, and some of it's quite amusing and some of it's got little doodles in the margin. So I was like, okay, we could move along. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You're,
3: you're not enthusing me on this uh, film. The whistle in the title, yeah. Whistle and I'll Come To You, actually appears at the thirty-two minute mark <laughs> of a sixty-seven minute film.
1: <laughs> yeah!
3: He finds this whistle and he's like, Oh, this he while he was uh, talking to some of the other professors, one of them says, Hey, there's like a, a Templar ruins near there. Can you go, like, walk around it and see if it's worth me coming to check it out? Because, you know, I'm head of the archaeology department. So he finds this whistle, and he starts cleaning it off. And just... the person inside me that knows anything about archaeology starts cringing is he's just got a pen knife and he's just like scraping away and i'm like nice. oh my gosh that's like a 600 year old thing why are you scraping at it with a pen knife please stop doing that
2: i know some people do that to me and i'm a 600
3: just scrape you <laughs> with a pen knife <laughs> yeah yeah they, they um,
2: do that they say i'm a little crusty
3: that's what
2: they say that's gross
3: <laughs> that's more than i needed. Okay, um, he blows the whistle because that's big. what you do after you've found something in the dirt and you clean it off is you you blow the whistle. and then oh, supernaturally things yeah. start happening, and there's a really <laughs> big one at the end, a very a big one. yeah.
2: <laughs> that's what she said..
3: <laughs> um, I, I really, really enjoyed the look of the film, okay. Which made certain other things like, oh, really? Okay, that's weird. Um, The big example of this is you've got these ornate drives where they're being, you know, he's riding in a, a carriage that's being pulled by a horse, and it's all, the detail is exquisite on almost everything, but he's also gonna study while he's away. So he pulls out these books that he's gonna study, and there's a scene where you can clearly see that there's nothing written in this. He's pretending to read a blank book and it just took me out of it completely. I'm like, oh why? Why couldn't you have just put in anything at that point? Put in the dictionary. Why has he got a blank book?
0: Um the details, you know.
3: <laughs> you it know? Exactly. The It's like that was yeah. like one of those details that like just jumps out at you, like and Well, that you. popped me out of it.
2: Yeah, it kicks you out of the movie. I I always think It's difficult for... This is obviously not a $5 billion movie. Yes. It's a low-budget movie. To do a period piece, low-budget movie, I think is really brave. Because there's so many ways to screw it up.
1: Do you think that the black and white helped the fact that it was so low? Definitely. Well, it had to have the black, it, right?
3: and, the black and white definitely helped sell the, the periodness of it, if I can use that as a word. It's a word. <laughs> Here, I have a quick question for <laughs> it you. It is now. So,
1: the the, yeah, it sounds like a good, good word. It would be a word I would use. But anyways, so Mike, real quick on this. When you mentioned about the uh, the subtitles and that, does it does it match up? I mean, when they're speaking and you watch one of these type of movies, is it like off a lot?
3: Yeah, no. Know. This one was was synced up really okay, well cool. actually. All right. You can tell like it stopped when certain people stopped talking. And for the most part the acting was really really well. Oh, good. Really really good as well. Okay.
2: Cool. Well, is it is it time for grading? I think it's time for grading. Okay. You know it takes me a while to press buttons. There we go.
3: What are we going to give this one? For the look of it, I want to give it a higher grade, but mm-hmm. it's going to fall somewhere in the C plus, B minus range. Um, it's, like I said, if it had been a little shorter, I think the payoff would have been better. I think it just took a little too long to get there.
2: All right. Do you, do you like how I did that? We're going back and front. That's Dude nice decided. with the
3: revolving grade. I like right, that.
2: There you go. I don't know why he did that, but there we go. All right. Well, thank you for that. That was great. Uh, We are still getting all sorts of stuff going on in the chat room. blame the ump again? Come on. Yeah, always blame the ump. And speaking of the ump, that's who we're going to next.
1: Jeff! Hey.
2: What have you been watching?
1: First of all, I've been drinking Mountain Dew. And my Dead on the Bases koozie.
2: Nice.
1: So just say, so and then if you have this koozie, you're like, hey, I got to find out what's going on with otherworldly culture and dead on the bases, you just scan the code on the back.
2: Oh my God. I can't believe so, it took you this long to start getting shameless. So, what I'll
1: do is thing. I'll hold this up for a little bit if anybody wants to scan it real quick. No. And, okay, they no, know it. All right. No. So, so, what have I been watching? I. So. <laughs> So I, I had the sequel to the 2017 black comedy slasher, Happy Death Day. Happy Death Day to you, which came out in 2019. Death Day 2 is also a black slasher comedy with a side of science fiction. So they throw a little curveball in there. Um, sequels usually are hit or miss, and I'm sure that both Mike's and yourself and people tuning in will, will agree. Empire Strikes Back which was a sequel to Star Wars was not only a hit but a home run. I mean that movie was great, and some people say that was actually better than the original Star Wars. Whereas movies like I'm cur- with them. I I think so What about you, Mike? Yeah, he's on. Yes. Board. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. See. See. Uh, so whereas like, how much Yoda Jaws is in the two is the best so-
2: Jaws? Oh, whatever. <laughs> wait, wait, what?
1: Oh, <laughs> it's well, I, I have to disagree. Jaws three in three D was the best one. Oh, God! <laughs> <laughs> So so. Anyways, so anyways, um, but but then there's movies like we'll leave Jaws out of this. So there's movies like The Karate Kid 2 and Indiana Jones: The Temple of Doom, which both kind of missed their mark. I would. I, I mean, love that's,
2: Temple of Doom.
1: Yeah, but then when you see the uh, Short Round is the, in The Last I'll Crusade, The Last Crusade <laughs> then blows that one out of the water. So I mean, anyways, no. Jason, you don't think so? No, Alright the, the Last
0: Crusade movies. is trash. Yeah. Really? I don't like that no one.
1: Yep. Okay, so then, then whatever I just your, said, your entire thesis, we're gonna,
2: we're gonna <laughs> well, continue. Let, let me just it. stick. That's let me just stick do. with
1: Karate Kid Two. Then, or did you guys not like that?
2: <laughs> I would agree, Karate Kid Two was not as good as the first. All
1: one. All right, so back to my. Uh...
2: So you can keep
1: going, man. <laughs> we're just I you. Know. You made there it two
2: paragraphs in before we started <laughs> jumping on you.
1: Jason Bloom again. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna. I want to find out if this is right too. Is it Bloomhouse or Blumhouse? You know, I don't know. Do you, do you know what, Is
2: it Blumhouse? Okay, so that yeah. is Jason Blum. So
1: Jason Blum, again, serves as, as producer through his Blumhouse Productions company on this movie. This movie takes place September 19th, the day after the first movie. In the in the plot, Ryan...
2: She made it a whole day in the, the future. But,
1: but in this plot, Ryan and the rest of his friends are working on an experimental quantum reactor which keeps causing power outages on the campus. Jessica Roth... Who plays tree which i think is a really cool name i, I don't know i think maybe it's her i, I think she's i think she's oh, just she's awesome gorgeous but uh she plays tree in in the first flick and was a character that kept dying in the first movie she's back again and because of this quantum reactor is causing causing blackouts it's causing a loop which opened and causes an all <laughs> and all the havoc okay so let me hear so this is what happened I, I typed all this out because I wanted to be I wanted to flow so much better, but I typed it so fast that I goofed. So here we go. <laughs> so what she figures out is that this quantum reactor was in the first movie, but we didn't know it. And that's what caused the loop that she was in and why she was getting spoiler. stuck during the whole movie. No, no, that's not really a spoiler because you find out right away. As it turns out
2: It's a spoiler for the
3: first movie.
1: Oh yeah. So don't if you didn't see the first movie, just forget that I even <laughs> said that.
3: <laughs> but as, as it turns out... Well, you didn't out. see the first movie, why are you watching the second <laughs> you movie? Should, you should true. not but, watch, this second watch the second But you could almost watch the
1: second movie because they explain everything in the very beginning. Yeah. Even though it's very yeah. fast, they still kind of get you caught up. Right. But as it turns out, Ryan Carter and Tree now need to figure out a way to close the loop while being stalked by someone in a baby fat, baby face mascot costume because they go to... Bayfield and the mascot is Babyface, so yeah, it's the a Babyface. Bayfield Babyfaces, which is weird. Yes. Um, while they relive, it's a
2: creepy looking mask. It that, is. That's what you do. Do you have a,
1: Do you have that on there at all? Oh, there it is.
2: Yeah, it, this guy is losing feeling in his <laughs> arm. He's stabbing. So, much. so
1: <laughs> but what happens this time is that the reactor goes off, and she actually ends up in another dimension as. Ryan describes it, there's actually that six happens. dimensions, and she's in one of them. In this new dimension, whereas in, the, in real life, her mom's dead. When she's in this new dimension, she finds out her mom's alive, and Carter, who's her boyfriend, is actually dating her, her arch nemesis, Danielle. So she's, got, she's kind of torn between these two dimensions, but she also wants to go back somehow. So what she has to do is she, they have to figure out the, the formula so that the reactor will send her back to the first dimension. Right. But just like in Groundhog Day, after midnight, everything is forgotten. So, and reset. Right. So during this movie, she has to continually write down all the formulas that don't work so that they can get to the one that does work. All while being chased by the baby-faced killer, the baby-faced mascot. But instead of being killed by this baby-faced mascot every time, she decides to kill herself. So she doesn't have to put herself through the horror of being chased and, and stabbed and all that sort of good stuff. So she finds different ways to kill herself. She jumps into a wood chipper. She sky she skydives with a bikini on. She does a bunch of things that just to kill herself. Which,
2: those all sound terrifying anyway. <laughs> they do. I, I don't understand this thought that... It's less terrifying to jump out of a plane without but, a shoe.
1: But she controls it. She, can, she doesn't have to worry about when she's going to get stabbed or killed. She controls when she's going to die. That's what I got out of it.
2: I, I understand what the movie is saying. I'm yeah. like, that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Take some sleeping pills.
1: <laughs> well, anyways. So, <laughs> so, yes. That would do it. Um, so, anyways... Yeah, so what she has to do is she has to—they have to figure out this formula to get her back to her own reality, and she has—she's really torn between: does she stay with her mom where her mom's alive, or does she go back to her own reality where she actually knows what has happened throughout her life? And I can't give away the ending. I, I don't want right. to do that because this is a really good movie. This this movie is really good. Um, There's—is it scary though, Jeff? I'm getting—I'm getting to that. Okay. I'm getting to that. That's—that's okay. on this line right here that I typed out.
2: Oh, look at that.
1: <laughs> so. It's not really it's not really scary. It's it's but the way they put it together it is. So what I'm saying is it's not scary throughout the movie like a collector is. Yeah. But when it's winding down to the end, it gets yeah. pretty pretty hairy there towards the end. Yeah. And I can't say too much, but I mean it does it, it does it it's sort of suspense. like it's sort of like a sentence coming to to an end and you know there's going to be an exclamation mark, but how are they going to get to that exclamation mark? What's going to be the word before that? That's sort of what this is like. Mm -hmm. um so it's so back to my sentence this is a really good movie there is killing in it not as much as in the first movie but the way everything ties together it still has value as a horror movie in my eyes um i i could give this a rating right now
0: okay jeff i have a question oh
1: yes wait i got a question i never get questions all right bring it on
0: so I remember I watched this film and I really enjoyed the first one, but this one just felt like they wanted to take every genre that they possibly could and jam it into the film. And it didn't really know what it wanted to be. There were horror. There was like the horror story. There was the drama with the mom. Like you said, she was alive yep. in this other world or whatever. There was a the sci-fi aspect. It just felt like there were way too many genres in one film. What are your thoughts on that?
1: That's a good question. Yes, I felt that... I felt that myself, but I think because of that, it was able to... Keep, for a person like me, now, people have been watching these shows, they know that I'm not big into horror, so I got to oh like... My God, no. I got to like dabble around a little bit. So something like this for me kind of kept me thinking about different things. So for me, it worked, but I do see what you're saying, Mike, where they couldn't just stick to one, one property and keep going through it. Um, one thing I...
0: Yeah, maybe even... Like, even if they'd use, like, one or two. Right. But it just seemed, like, the drama thing, I didn't understand that portion with the mom with and the everything. Mom. The mom I, thing I, doesn't work for me. It,
1: it doesn't work. No. I think they just work. want to show her, to- I mean, but like you said, they're throwing too much in there. Why, why do you need to show that she's torn to go back or stay there? I mean, right? it's, yeah. but I see what you're saying, on that, and that brings up one other thing, Mike, that I'm glad you, you kind of made, re- made me remember this, that if you watch this all the way through to the very end, which... You should really watch all the credits because there's a lot of people that put a lot of hard work into these type of movies and see who did what. But at the end, there's some foreshadowing that there's a third movie in the mix. Happy Death Day to Us. So there's like a little um, minuet. No, what do you call it? Vinuet, vignette.
2: Vignette.
1: Well, there's a little vignette at the end. And they, there's some hardcore foreshadowing of what's going to happen in the next one.
2: Yeah, I don't know if that movie's going to get made.
1: It's going to get made.
2: Uh, I don't know.
1: It they, I don't know. It they, did this one make a lot of money? I can't recall it did. if it did okay. It did. It made more than it cost to make it.
2: Well, that usually helps. That helps. Yep. So but, what are you going to grade this one?
1: Uh, for, for me? Yeah. I, I really liked it. I'm, <clears throat> uh, But I know there's a lot of... Ah, uh, shoot. Now, Mike, you brought up all those things. But for me, if I liked it, yeah, I liked it. It's an A.
2: Yeah, you got to go by there if you it, go. it entertains It
1: entertains me. It really yeah, entertains okay. me.
2: Because it, if, if you start... Grading movies by if they make sense or yep. not that isn't
1: gonna work. <laughs> but I, I, but you know what? That Jessica Roth. Some of my
2: favorite movies make no sense at all.
1: I would like to, I would like to see that Jessica Roth in other movies. She's she's fantastic. I don't know if that movie would be as good with a different actress. She just has a certain look she, in the movie and a, you know, a certain she, quirkiness to her. That-
2: I, I said she's gorgeous. She absolutely is gorgeous. But her character is so spunky, uh-huh. I guess. I don't know if that's a politically correct word these days. but Spunky? She's She's got a lot of moxie. There you go. What, what other old timesy word can I use? By charisma, you know, <laughs> it, 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 that's actually I don't know. More today,
1: I just saw a word. I just saw that word today. I wanted to use it. All right. Okay.
2: Good. Good. He's well, got it. a lot
1: of gumption. That's what I say. Gumption, <laughs> there you yeah, go. Nice. A lot of There
2: man. you go. Hey, thank you. Uh, but it, it, she, it, she's just fun to watch she because is. you don't know. You don't know what she's going to do, but you know. It'll be braver than you would do. You, you know, There's no way I would do that. Crazy she
1: reminds spot. me of that one that was in that one movie where she's on a rock. That one where she's on a rock. She was out. Shallows. Ads. Yes. Who's that? The who's
2: Shallows. That? That's uh, Ryan Reynolds' wife. Yeah. Um,
1: Blake Dan? No, not no, not Blythe
2: Dan. Or she's <laughs> older than <laughs> um, Blake Lively. Blake Lively. Yeah, Blake Lively. Blake Lively. She
1: reminds me a lot of Blake Lively. Uh, so. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's. That's valid. Okay, I'm Okay. Done. Thanks, it,
2: guys. It, it is time now for Mike Exler. Mike,
0: what have Howdy. you
2: been watching?
0: So I decided to watch uh, the Hulu original, exclusive, whatever, uh, Hellraiser. Uh, it's the reimagining, reinventing, re-something of the Looking original the pins, Hellraiser.
2: That, oh, yeah. That's what we're talking about. Pinhead. Gross. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm sorry. so the, <laughs> it's gross. It's obviously a 2022 film. The director is David Bruckner. Uh, he has done a few spots for the VHS series as well as a Creepso, a Creepso episode on Shudder. Um, I was looking through his filmography and usually you don't see much, but he's actually directed another film that I really enjoyed called The Ritual, which you can watch on Netflix. I've heard of that
2: one. Uh, you have been pushing that movie. I got to move that up my, my queue. You, you have brought that up at least five, six times on the show.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's really good, and um, yeah, you should watch it. So. Okay. So the the main plot of the film, it, film revolves around this young female uh, by the name of Riley who finds herself in possession of the lament configuration. Um, other than that, I don't really want to say much. Mm-hmm. Um, Riley Riley is played by Odessa Azan. Uh, she hadn't done much of note, mostly smaller roles, but she's in another horror film that I didn't write down. That's making its way around, so she might have a, a little future in the in the horror uh, world.
2: Mike, just to get my bearings, do you do you need to have seen the other Hellraiser films to jump into no. this? So we can give this all. to Jeff to go take a look at. You gotta be you're high. Yeah. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I,
1: I will not watch this. Yes. I
0: mean Um no, you do not need to see any of the other Hellraisers. How many how many uh, are there? there?
2: There's like eight or nine, only one or two. I think one is excellent, two I think is okay. And after that I can't recommend any of them. Look at
0: these guys. Oh. Yeah, see, yeah. I go I go to three um, yeah. I really enjoy three because he finally breaks free of the rules. Um, is it okay. a spectacular film? No, but he becomes more of a slasher in that film. Oh. And he has some of the best quotes from that film. I uh, honestly, some of the best lines.
2: I can't tell you if I saw three or not.
0: Three's really worth watching and, and giving it know a know true if one. If
3: you saw three. I, yeah. Uh, let me just say CD kills. Right. Okay. Sounds
2: good. Hey, that'd be a fun little watch.
0: Yeah, because uh, I, I mean, I've seen all the Hellraisers, but the, the fourth one's when he goes to space, and that's nobody needs that.
1: <laughs> does, um, does he meet up with with Jason and Freddy up there?
0: He might as well. Or uh,
1: Jason? Or, weren't they all up there at one time? Jason and no. Leprechaun
2: oh, okay.
0: both went out. Yes, outer space. They did. Okay, and yeah. and Pinhead, he did. Yeah. So,
2: how did he put now, on that helmet? You know, space helmet, cause it, that would hurt, right? Because the needles put... Okay, go on. I'm sorry, but
0: from hell. He doesn't breathe oxygen. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, it's all good. Okay. So I, I don't know if you guys saw, there was a big online controversy about this film. Um, it was announced that Pinhead was to be portrayed by a female.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, really? A lot of people did not like that. And then when it came out that Jamie Clayton was the new Pinhead, um a lot of people did not like that either because she was transgender. Um, A lot of simple-minded people out there. uh, And if you're watching a Hellraiser film, if you're reading a Clive Barker book and you have a problem with someone transgender, you're probably (laughs) missing the point of the material. So, yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that. I do think whoever they
2: picked... There was going to be some problems because some people just want Bradley, including Bradley. Bradley mm-hmm. he is very strong that nobody else can play his part. Uh, the last actor I know that was that strong on it was like Clayton Moore playing the Lone Ranger, and it was ridiculous. Well,
1: wasn't there a, <laughs> so. Isn't there a lot of like beef about? Them having a female bond, too, now, or something, wasn't there?
2: I don't know that they'd actually but they actually announced they're, that. But weren't they, they throwing they, that
1: around and people were yes, getting all up, yeah. up in arms? On that her, right. And oh, my God. Whatever. Just watch it and enjoy it. What the hell? Yeah,
2: enjoy the film. It, it, these aren't real people. I, I should <laughs>
1: exactly. mention
2: that if you start putting pins into your friend's face, they will no longer be your friends.
1: Unless it's acupuncture. That's a
2: public... Service announcement. You're welcome.
1: What about acupuncture? Move on, Mike.
2: Get us out of this
0: <laughs> already. So <laughs> uh, we'll move crying. on. Um, past that. Uh, ju- 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 ju. yeah, she um, she portrays Pinhead. We'll get into Pinhead a little bit more later, but um, the she is not listed as Pinhead. Uh, they formally call her the Priest in this film. Um, okay. There is a acknowledgement of a name hell priest i believe in the hellbound heart um but in the the barker original he's just no and uh, named the lead cenobite right um i've heard this story 137 times <laughs> the pinhead the name of pinhead came from uh came to favor when the special effects team gave the nickname to the character they had nicknames for all of them and that's what yeah. we know them as now uh
2: well, Bruce but, yeah. is a shark, you know, so sometimes that behind the scenes stuff comes out, you know, among fans. It does. And Lord knows uh Doug Bradley gives the same interview every time. So you he heard the story exactly the same way, too. Mm-hmm. No changes.
0: Yeah. Yep. There's not much change now. It's like he's memorized it and this is what he's going with.
2: Yeah, that's that's okay. You gotta learn your lesson. But
0: I love Doug. I'm just saying Doug is yep. a great guy. I'm just
2: it's very consistent though. Sometimes you get somebody up there and they have an inconsistent memory and then you kind of wonder, well, what actually happened?
0: <laughs> this is very yeah. consistent. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I think most of the stuff on stage is a bunch of bullshit because it happened a long time ago. Yes. And yes. these people did a lot of drugs and shit. So, <laughs> But in any case, um, yes, there is a difference in the story. Um, this is a definitely a new take. Uh, is this a reboot do I, or? Oh, what's your? Favorite? I saw a reimagining. Okay. Um, I think that fits a lot better than a reboot. Um, okay. Totally uh, different type of characters. There's really Pinhead is the only. Well, the Cenobites, I should say, are the only thing that comes from the original. Um, okay. The. I feel that this one had a little more of a plot. Uh, the, the original is very, you know, here's the situation they have to deal with it. But this story is a little bit more, I think in depth, um, has, has some more layers to it, which, which I actually appreciated it. Um, it, it brought in buy into the characters more, uh, even the Cenobites.
2: And, I'm going to use the term Pinhead because that's what everybody uses. Uh, is Pinhead the actual villain? Because I, in the original Hellraiser, do not believe he's the actual villain. The villain is no. the husband with the the wonderful hammer is the villain in that film, I believe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the Frank. girl Frank, yeah, Frank. That's his name. That's right. Yeah. So... Uh, let me see the film.
2: Wait, I didn't hear the answer. What is he or, or he, she, um, the, I can't tell you that. Oh, okay. But, (laughs) but gosh darn it, I asked.
0: I know. Now what you doing to me there?
2: (laughs) Come on. I'll Wisconsin the hell out of you.
0: I know. (laughs) Where's, the, me out where's my,
1: where's my drill?
0: <laughs> so it's very, it feels like a Hellraiser film, even though the story okay. is different. Um, if you go into this looking for the exact same story, the exact same feel, it, you're not going to get it. It's, it's definitely different, but I, I again think this is an enjoyable story. If, if you get the preconceived notions out of, of what you think Hellraiser is or what you think Pinhead is, or should be. Um, one thing I did want to mention is that the film does nothing to help define what a Setabite actually is. Pinhead, uh, or the priest, I should say, is asked, "What are you?" and she answered with the famous line, "We are explorers in the further regions of experience," which tells you nothing about right, them. Right. Right. Um, they did leave out the demons to some, angels to others.
2: Uh, okay. I, so I do think the, and Mike, you've heard me say this a million times. I think things are scarier when they don't explain the whole goddamn thing to you. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I like that.
0: Yeah. It's uh if you were going into this, not watch, uh, having not watched any of the other hellraisers, you would definitely not know what these Cenobites are. I mean, that's right. But there is,
2: you know, after the of... first after the first movie, I don't think I knew what the Cenobites were. No. I had a little bit of an idea, but it was really later in the series where you kind of figure it out a little more.
0: Right. Um, there are a lot of differences in the Cenobites from the original. Okay. Um, if you like the leather outfits, they're gone. Uh, there oh. are no more leather outfits on any of the Cenobites. Oh. Um, okay. The Cenobites were still gruesome looking, uh, but mm-hmm. they had this very odd angelic glow to them. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like some silly glow, but it just—they were all like like you would think an angel would appear, but not the angel that you're thinking.
2: Were they? Um, were they CGI or? There yes. Was, okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Most uh, most of this was CGI. Um, yeah. I did have a little little part on that um that the, the film did not skimp on the gore and it looked great. I'm pretty sure it was all CGI, but it was really well done CGI. They did not skimp That's That's- on this. None of it looked trashy at all. All right. Uh, you see cool. the uh <clears throat> yeah, they all appeared uh, obviously very maimed and in, in disgusting horrific ways, uh, but they all appeared very androgynous. Um it felt as though their sex really didn't matter in their world. Um they brought back a few of the original Cenobites. Obviously, Pinhead slash the priest, uh, Chatterer, and the female Cenobite. Yeah. Uh, Chatterer and the female Cenobite look similar to the original, but they definitely made it their own. Uh, Chatterer was actually cast as, I guess, the actor was six foot eight. Oh uh, so, real tall, real skinny. Okay. Uh, but looked really good. Okay. Um, <clears throat> they added a few new Cenobites as well, uh, so you can look out for the Weeper, the Gasp, the Asphyx, the Mother, and the Mask. Wow. Uh, all genuinely creepy, uh, but most had limited screen time other than the Chatterer and the Priest. Um, I think there was a lot of Cenobites in the distance and the dark, because <laughs> I think, from my understanding, CGI is very expensive. <laughs> so I think, <laughs> I think they rather than, you know, have a bunch of CGI in front of your face, they kind of put the CGI money where it needed to be and then right. let your imagination do the rest on other scenes, yeah. which I thought was really good.
2: And then you can um, always add new ones if if this goes into its own series right. of films.
0: Um, I do want to talk a quick second about the new Pinhead <laughs> slash Priest Ah, uh, for the for the source material, the Hellbound Heart. This portrayal is more fitting of what Clive imagined on paper. Uh, described more of a female-looking being. They changed the the pins look in the film. And Doug's pins, his are very dull. These also have this glow to them. Like they have a different glow than the the cenobites themselves. Okay. Um, and I don't want to give this away, but. When you're watching the film the the pins have a meaning uh in this universe and uh each centibite uh the pins matter to everybody so just keep an eye out for that which i thought was another uh kind of a cool thing
2: so every um, pin has a spin yes thank you
0: the priest also has a keyhole by her throat no. um Where? looks like you could put one of those skeleton keys in not explained at all which i i dig uh but a very cool addition to the look uh, all of the the different cenobites looked, I thought, really good for again for CGI. Mm-hmm. Uh, all different enough than the original, um, and there are some of the newer cenobites that were pretty much creepier than than the original. Uh, one thing I did miss.
2: Well, they had forty from, years to work on it, so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's scary when you one, think of that. That was forty years ago almost.
0: Oh right, yeah for sure. Um, one thing I miss about on this Pinhead is the booming voice from the darkness. I thought that was one of the biggest things about Hellraiser is when Pinhead spoke. I mean, you didn't even see him yet, but he spoke and you're already scared to death. Yeah. Um, This, they altered Jamie's voice some, and it was good. It, It definitely was better than them not altering it at all, but it still wasn't that booming like, when Maritone. I speak, everybody listens. Yeah, you know what a, I mean? That type of...
2: Yeah, that's that's a type of theatrical speak that uh, Bradley brought to it as well. It, it was very theatrical, like he was walking onto a stage every time he spoke.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes. So the film is visually stunning. Um, I do recommend watching it with any lights off. Um, you can have, like... You have the Halloween decoration lights. Jeff, you can that's do, the but... way
2: you're going to watch it. <laughs> no, I...
0: But if you have like an end table <laughs> oh. light, shut that off. Because there are some scenes that are that can be a little dark. And if you have too much ambient lighting, it's yeah. going to take away from that. It's going to be a little hard to see.
2: Jeff, also no dog in the room when you're watching the film to comfort <laughs> you. You're going to be alone in a cell. That's how we're going to have you watch this movie. Oh, my
1: God. No. It
2: sounds like Jeff's kind of movie, don't you think, Mike?
0: <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah. It's right up his alley. Um, <laughs> okay, it's
1: it, my
2: nervous so, laugh.
0: <laughs> you, you're loving it. Okay. So it, it ran a tad long for me at two okay. hours, almost even. Oh, God, yeah. uh, but it wasn't a killer. Um, okay. like the new Terrifier two is two and a half hours long. Oh my God, are you serious? I, I I'm not lying to you, and. I mean, if we're talking like a good drama, good something like that with a great story that propels you through and you're like, oh, that was two and a half hours I didn't even know. Right. I don't think that's going to be Terrifier 2. So <laughs> I'm just not sure well, you've heard why me you would go that route. A,
2: a million times on the show, I think horror is the hardest thing to sustain over a long period of time. Some of the scariest stuff I've ever seen have been short subjects like Twilight Zones, or you know parts of an anthology film when, when you go too long with these things it stops being scary in my opinion the,
0: the thing with this though that I, I do have a note here that you know they they do have a lot this is more story driven than your okay. typical horror film even the original one uh that I said the story was a little lacking in the original, but it's more story driven than your Freddie and Jason and things like that. And uh, this is a lot like the original where you have periods of time where the Cenobites aren't around. So every time you bring the Cenobites back, it's kind of that, well, shop Mm. factor back. So I think it didn't struggle as much as some films might, uh, horror films might at a two hour, you know, point, Point, but, uh, again i think it could have been shaved down but was i mad at the end of the day that it was two hours i was not um it did feel like a setup film to me for a new franchise putting a lot of pieces in place uh to really launch the new series um if they continue with this type of quality i would be perfectly fine with a new run of hellraiser films in this current format
2: well that Uh, leads us to what are you gonna grade this bad boy
0: all right, so the original to me is an A-plus film. I, I just, I love it from, you know, a long time ago. This new film was very well done from start to finish. The story was deep and the characters were well done. The center bites were well done. It wasn't just a rehash of the same old. It breathed new life into this franchise. And if you really don't want to give a film a chance because it's a reimagining, go watch the old one. It's not going to affect that one. It's still in your DVD shelf or whatever. But this one gets a solid A from me.
2: Uh, I, I want to let you know that uh, Jeff predicted an A on your report. He's like, this is an A. we never get A's on a bike. And sure enough, we got one this time. So that sounds good. And that one's on uh, Netflix, right? Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Look at C-Slick. I, I think
3: he's a pinhead.
2: Ah!
3: Well, I have a question. What did you think about how they treated the... um? puzzle box without giving anything away since that's kind of a plot point that you
0: catch up on Um, I like that device because I think it gave the box a little bit more dimension um, and a little bit more story to run with again I like the original version of it as well Mm -hmm. but I like this different telling of the purpose you know how it all went down if that makes any sense Nicely
3: A thorough answer without giving anything away. Nicely done. That's not easy. Sometimes. That's good.
0: Uh, we we know
2: sometimes we spoil things around here.
3: Uh, what, don't look it, at me. I did <laughs> right to
1: his left. Wow. Um <laughs> I try not to. I, it, I try.
2: It, it is entertaining when it happens with you. Though. Jeez. It, it is my favorite thing ever. Alright. So oh, there we go. Uh, I want to tell you about my film here, and my film also just came out, but it came out on competing platform, Amazon Prime, and it's called My Best Friend's Exorcism.
1: Oh my God!
2: And uh, this this looks like a Jeff movie
1: again. <laughs> yeah, no. Um,
2: yeah, this is an Amazon Prime movie based on the book by Grady Hendrix. Now I did not read this book, but I did read Paperbacks from Hell which is one of my favorite books. It's a nonfiction about all the great paperback horror that happened in the late 70s through the 80s. Um, But he's very well regarded. uh, And most of the people I know that have read his books really like them and say they're, they're pretty darn scary. Now this movie, I can only talk about the movie because I have not read the book. But this is another film set in, I think you saw, you read the book, right, C-Slick?
3: I've got it right next to me, right here. <laughs> okay. Hey, I love a good prop. Okay. I have also, um, if you ever have a chance, as mm-hmm. you said that you liked the book, um, Grady does a uh, about an hour, 15, hour and a half long Presentation on paper books from hell—that yeah. is one of the funniest things I have ever seen at a convention ever. I've seen it three times now. It is just there's singing, there's dancing, there's animation. It is absolutely amazing. And if you have a chance to see it, you must do so.
2: Yeah, I I have not. I had heard about it on um, Mick Garris's podcast uh, over on Fangoria. I forget what the name of that show is, but. Uh, he was a, a very good guest on that. On that, uh, anyway, about the movie, let's let's get to the movie. <laughs> it's set in the eighties with teenagers, uh, which you know already is going to beg comparisons to Stranger Things. Uh, the basic storyline is an LSD tainted skinny dip sleepover leads to bad times. And uh, the best friend of our female lead, she goes and contracts a little bit of the uh, demon inside of her. Oh. Uh, The girls attend a Catholic academy, which allows the entire movie to have kind of the strong religious overtone to the proceedings. But keeps the characters young so you can relate to them a little bit more. There is overtones of like the Nancy Reagan era, Just Say No, um, and religious oppression in the background of the film, but it has all the cool stuff you want from an exorcism movie. You got your projectile vomit. In fact, this movie, I think, might be the most projectile vomit I've seen. Uh, you got yourself a little bit of self-mutilation, public urination. You have the deterioration of personal appearance. You have amorous beds, uh, spider walks. Uh, it has kind of like a comic book vibe to it as well. Uh, one, one of the bright spots, I believe, in the movie adaption here is if you've seen the TV show Glow, there's the character Shh. Bash, that that paid for the huh. series he plays one of the lemon brothers and the lemon brothers are fitness and faith enthusiasts that uh go to malls and um uh, lift weights and try to tell people about the lord i i'm not making any of this up by the way they're like um a enthusiastic Kind of public speaker types. You would think they were living in a van down by the river. You know, uh,
0: they they really. Would they be living in a box?
2: Though? <laughs> not living. I don't have the button here. Oh my god! Um, but <clears throat> it really makes for an interesting and fun side of things. But this is where I'm going to go with my criticism of the movie is. It doesn't want to get too scary and it doesn't want to be too much fun. It it kind of you can feel the movie is fighting itself. It could have went to be really fun and be more stranger things. Or it could have went the other direction and became far more frightening. And it just it didn't pick a path, which I I think hurt this particular movie. I would have liked to have seen it take a path and frankly I I I don't care which path it would have taken. But this kind of middle of the road thing didn't really do it for me. Um I felt like this was if, if I was going to show Jeff an exorcism film, this would be the one. This is like a beginner exorcism film. <laughs> a beginner, all yeah, right. It, it isn't, you know, it's not the exorcist or anything, but there are some scary scenes, particularly in the climax of the film. Uh, there is some good suspense, but there's also some fun elements like these Lemon Brothers uh, that... Are pretty funny every time they get on, but they're not funny enough, if that makes sense. Uh, now, M- Michael, I know you saw this film. And Is any of this making sense to you?
3: What I'm saying? It, it does make sense to me, and I would say that the book itself um, actually ramps up both of the things. Okay. Um, the The humor is is a little toned down. But the horror, I thought, was way toned down from the book. There are a lot of things that happen in the book that... I mean, there are some of them I can see why they wouldn't want to put it on a Netflix show if they were going for a wider audience with this one. Um, Without going into any super details, the dog makes an appearance in the movie.
0: Okay.
3: For about, what, maybe five seconds? Yeah. Ten seconds? there is a heart-wrenching scene in the book that is much longer than five seconds and is very difficult to get through. Uh, okay. The creep factor, I think, is way higher in the book itself.
2: Yeah, it, it felt to me like the adaption was not done very well. Now, this was an adaption done by the same woman that did uh, the Paper Girls series. For Amazon, which I also, I felt like it didn't know which lane it wanted to go into and it kept it pretty middle of the road. And this film, it it just felt like it didn't pick a lane. And I I think one of the things I want to say is you don't have to pick a lane, but you got to get in both. If you're going to do two lanes, get in both of them hard. You know, and Mm -hmm. and not try to straddle the line. When it's time for a little comedy, be really funny. When it's time to be scary, be really scary. And the example I would give you is Ghostbusters, even though a lot of people don't go, oh, that was scary or anything. Mm -hmm. But when it attempts to do the suspense and that sort of thing, it builds suspense. I I mean, the stupid Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man, until you see him on the screen there's a lot of suspenseful shots of you hear the sounds and you see the shadow of something going through the city. You know, it's attempting to capture that. That's what I wish this would like the spider walk scene that we keep showing that, um, shot from, I was like, it just looks like she's exercising in the damn room. (laughs) (laughs) It didn't, it didn't look particularly menacing. And when that's in The Exorcist, the original Exorcist, which, of course, Ooh. it was cut out. Ooh. It was cut out and all that good stuff. But it's it's disturbing. You know, this, this movie didn't allow itself to be disturbing enough, in my opinion. Uh, that being said, the price is right, folks. Uh, <laughs> it is free on Amazon Prime. And I would say this is... If, if you have somebody that's trying to decide to see The Exorcist or something, it might be a good way to put on the baby shoes and kind of, okay, here you go, here's a little something. <laughs> uh, by the same token, it might ruin The Exorcist for somebody because of the similarities, and it won't be as shocking when you see the original. Um, so did i like the movie i'll i'll get to the grading here um did i like the movie yeah i i enjoyed the movie i just wish it was uh it it made a decision about what it wanted to be and it was a little too middle of the road i enjoyed it but i felt like i wanted to enjoy it more than i actually enjoyed it if that makes any sense I am giving it a B minus. What, what did you guess? Ooh. A C plus. You are off by one, Jeff. I'm yeah. sorry you lose. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> he's always guessing what everybody's going to put on here. Uh, but I would say if you have Amazon Prime, you should definitely check it out. Uh, by the way, I chased this movie with Hocus Pocus 2, which is even <laughs> less frightening just so you know just so you know less frightening and it doesn't appear that mick garris was involved in the new one at all because the original hocus pocus actually has some suspenseful and scary scenes really for you know for a younger person this movie it went out of its way not to be scary so uh if if the kids are putting that on in your neighborhood eh, it's a good time to Go do some lawn mowing. Uh, some or, of the same and, people in
1: the, in the two Hocus Pocus, I really don't know. Oh, yeah.
2: Ones. Yeah, the three witches are okay. the same, same folks. But, um, And the guy playing the zombie is, uh, oh, what, his last name is Jones. What is it? Dan Earl? Jones or something? But he's the same guy. He does a lot of costume work. So that was good. But uh, if you're going to watch one of the two, I would say the my best friend's exorcism. That was fun for the whole family. Uh, bring them all in there and watch a young woman vomit on people. It's always a good time. <laughs> uh, Alright, it is time to do our shameless plugging. Uh, Jeff got an early start as usual. Uh, but we are going to change scene. doo doo There we go uh otherworldlyculture.com of course as usual we got lots of great stuff out there we have two shows coming up this week so you'll want to check that out and then our good friend where is it why is it not going up there we go uh, michael you're thedragonsroost.net and you got a couple dragons roost, okay? I do. Um, the
3: dragonsroost.biz uh, is the business site. That's where I and, can buy your books. And yes, you can. Okay. And speaking of books, yes, I have some stuff that just came out. Woo-hoo! Nice. Uh, for those who enjoy um, crappy '80s action movies. Um, there is no Hard such to thing. Watch, no such The thing. Films of Steven Seagal, <laughs> and Missing the Action, The Films of Chuck Norris, wow. where a number of uh, authors and uh, film reviewers have gotten together and done the entire careers of these two individuals. And I have reviewed one film each from those two. I want to know we... which
2: movies. I need to know. What now? Which movies did you get?
3: Um, I took it easy on myself with Seagal and uh, watched. Um, oh, why can I. Go on the, the train. The, uh, the Onion movie.
1: The Onion, onion movie.
3: Based on the. Fake newspaper, the onions. Oh that he was in
2: there. I did not even remember he was in there.
3: He okay. he is in the commercials for the film Cockpuncher.
2: Okay, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> whatever.
3: Okay. And oh, no. what about the Chuck Norris film? Um, it, I can't even think of the name of it now. It was one of the oh, early God. ones where he plays a uh, truck driver. Um. Oh.
2: Oh, this is gonna bother me. It. It was it breaking it? No. Uh, oh, this is going to hurt. Okay. Well, it probably hurts more for you since you've...
3: Breaker, breaker. Breaker, breaker.
2: Yes, break
3: the bones. All right. And... Yeah, but both of those are available from uh, com. Cool. Okay, found Along with a number of other fine material.
2: And this- we also want to remind people that Horror Realm, let's see if I put the right thing up. I did. Great. March third and fifth is coming to Pittsburgh Crown Plaza, Pittsburgh South Horror Realm, and uh, Jeff. You and I are going. Yep, I'll be there, and, and possibly my brother. So we're all getting ourselves all ready. Mike, I believe you're coming. It's gonna be uh, a good time. Uh, you're you're of course invited as well, Michael. Uh, so hope to see a lot of folks out there. Want to remind people that coming up on Thursday, we have dead on the bases, which will be right where you're watching this tonight. Uh, unless uh, I'm, I i can not promise for the Facebook feed, but, uh, we're definitely going to try to get on YouTube and Twitch at the same time.
1: White man can't jump and American werewolf in London.
2: Yes, sir. Have you? Are you all watched up? Didn't already? watch it yet. Oh, boy. I'm doing that when I get home tonight. Okay, we'll get you some plastic pants because you just might pee yourself. <laughs> very frightening. Great. Very scary. All the lights are on. No, no light. <laughs> Mike told you the right way to watch a horror film. You get all the lights off, no dog around, just get scared. Gosh.
3: Uh, yeah, I, okay. White men can't jump isn't that scary
2: <laughs> uh, Slick, we'll talk <laughs> let, let me put it this way I don't like Jeff's chances uh, this week <laughs> uh, That was a harrowing experience it's a of, All right, it's
1: a great movie <laughs> Is it? I think so. It's a lot of fun. It's a fun 90s movie. Maybe
2: I had the wrong version of it. You probably did. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to thank everybody for coming out, particularly our wonderful panelists, for taking the time to review some really interesting films, Uh, and, and all the people in the chat that are making inappropriate comments right now about Breaker Breaker 2, Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, you know, come to think of it, was uh, Steven Seagal all canon films too? I don't think he was all canon. I think he was kind of yeah, after I don't think canon. So. Uh, but I know that Chuck Norris was deep in the canon library. If you haven't seen it, there is a great documentary. What is it called? The Life of Canon Films or something, Electric Boogaloo? It is fantastic. There is a documentary about canon films. And they did a lot of horror, they did a lot of action films, and they made Mike Exler's favorite flick. Do you oh. know which one, Mike, I'm no. referring to? It was one of their last films, they were making, about the same time they were making Superman 4, they were making Dolph Lundgren's, Dolph Lundgren's Master Opus, Masters of, Masters the, universe. of the Universe, yeah. yeah. And it, it was those Love two it. films that pretty well put Canon under um, because they made them at the same time and they just decided, you know, like Blumhouse makes all of its movies for kind of low budget. Canon was doing that forever and then they decided to try to do Superman and Masters of the Universe. And I think Texas Chainsaw 2 was about that time as well. And it was like the combination of those films, it just sunk the entire studio. So Okay. Uh, it, loads of fun. Great, great documentary.
3: <laughs> uh,
2: anyway, want to thank everybody. Oh, I'm supposed to read this. Uh, remember, you can find us on social media. We're Otherworldly Culture on most social media. I think we're like Radio Other on Twitter,
1: yes. is it? Yeah, mm-hmm. on,
2: on Twitter we're Radio Other. Um, and we want to remind you that you can contact us by using our first name, at Culture. Dot.com, and uh, we want to wish everybody a fun and safe Halloween this is our last show before Halloween oh. for dead on movie reviews uh, we will have one just after I think it's like November 1st we have another show mm-hmm. but uh, we want to wish everybody a fun and safe Halloween you probably want to stay away from the east side of Milwaukee right about now with all the crazy uh, Say it, fans Say it. of it.
0: so it. Say it. Say what? I just want to take some pictures. No, that you that's go.
2: not going to happen. <laughs> You're a wise naker <laughs> Yeah, You know who else was a Milwaukee boy? Huh? Chris Farley. Oh, when yeah. he was living down by the river. Okay, everybody. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. And remember to tell a friend about our show. And when you aim at horror... Make sure you are dead on. See you next time, everybody. <coughs> <coughs>
0: <Culture>. <coughs>
2: <laughs> See the little witch hats and <laughs> uh, yeah. And just in case you missed it. Good night, everybody. Thanks for coming out.
3: Goodbye, everybody.